Welcome to Headbingers in Charge. I'm Mackenzie. I'm Courtney. And today is our last round of the Spring 2022 Binger Games. A quick recap for our listeners out there. We've now watched the entire first season of six sitcoms that we had never seen before. And we'll be ranking them based on a scorecard that we created. Each show has been recapped on an episode of our podcast, one at a time. And after this episode, we're going to reveal our scores and determine the winner of the Binger Games. Big things coming up next episode. As Mackenzie said, we'll be revealing all of our scores for all six shows on that episode, giving out a few awards, some superlatives, playing a game, and, of course, announcing our Binger Games winner. Yep, that's all coming up next episode, but for today... We have one more show to talk about. Show number six, Home Economics. Home Economics is a Hulu show about three adult siblings struggling to navigate life together. One of them is in the 1%, one is middle class, and the other is barely scraping by. Right now, we're going to be talking about the entire first season, so if you haven't seen it yet, now is your chance to tune out. Mackenzie, would you like to do the honors? Of course. Go ahead and hit that spoiler alert button. All right, home economics opened up. We got Tom, Sarah, and Connor, siblings, in Los Angeles. Not New York. Not New York. No. Um, Connor just moved into. Matt Damon's old house nearby. Sarah recently lost her job, and Tom is working on a new book because his last book didn't sell well. Um, so Sarah and Tom go over to see Connor's new house, and they're both trying to hide their recent... I don't know what word to say. <laughs> the recent... Uh, Not failures, but hiccups. Hiccups in life. Yeah, that's you like, know. I didn't want to say failures. Yeah, just uh, life's woes that, you know, happen sometime. They're trying to hide them from him because they don't want to come off as failures to their super successful rich older brother. Connor is the one in the 1%. Sorry, younger brother. Connor's the one in the 1%. And then we find out at the end of the episode that he is going through a divorce. Yeah, I like the... The little scene at the end where they were in the little cars. <laughs> yes, that was really cute. That was funny when they all hopped in them and they were racing down the street. I like <laughs> that. Yeah, it was a very cute uh, first episode, I think. I like the way that the story is framed because Tom is a writer. He's the oldest. He's the one that's in the middle class. And he's writing a book about his family. So he kind of serves as the narrator in that sense. And uh, we're getting the insight um, on everybody. Sarah, obviously, is the middle child, and she is the one that is barely scraping by. She lives in a teeny tiny apartment with her wife, Denise, and all of their children. All of their children. There's two. two. <laughs> they have two. Sorry. It's Tom that has, like, he has three, three. or four. Three. three. I think they have the twin He always babies says so many children, and it's, like, three. But yeah. I guess with twins, it might feel like a lot at once. They have twin babies right now. Yeah, that's a lot. Twin infants. 
but it's definitely very interesting to see the different family dynamics with Tom being middle class and him and his wife Marina have the three young kids and then like I said Sarah in the little tiny apartment with her wife and her two kids and then Connor has one daughter in this very nice mansion looking home very sleek very modern beautiful house yeah I think the the first episode was a really good introduction to all the characters I agree with that I even liked uh, moving into the second episode. Um, One of their friends from childhood was getting married, so they all got invited to the wedding, and we got to kind of see a little bit more into their past um, a little bit, which I really liked. We'll obviously talk about that a little more later with the scorecard, but um, we really got, uh, I think, some, some depth early on with these characters. I think they did a really good job the first couple episodes really telling us who these characters are. We got to meet the uh, the parents. We did. Interesting characters there. Yes. I I think they kind of add to the chaos. Yeah. I think it's kind of fun. The siblings fight And the parents are always just kind of there. And it just escalates everything, I think. The wedding was definitely chaotic. I mean, if that was my wedding, I would have been mad because they did, like, ruin the wedding. They, like, took over their wedding. They did. um, Connor and Tom kind of got into it because Connor loaned Tom money. And then Connor was asking Tom for help with something and was kind of over-asking him for help. He asked him for help writing a speech for the wedding. But then every draft Tom wrote, Connor was like, no, we're starting over, we're starting over, we're starting over. And Tom felt overworked and he felt like he was holding the loan over his head. And so they kind of got into it when Connor started giving his speech. (laughs) And, uh... To the point where they were literally like in a fight, a physical fight, mm-hmm. and the dad had to get up and pull them apart. Yeah, and um, Sarah and her wife Denise were—I was gonna say reminiscing, but they weren't because they never had a wedding, so they were, you know, wishful thinking. And then they ended up reenacting a, a little first dance at somebody else's wedding. Yeah, which also stealing the spotlight at someone else's wedding. <laughs> Right. They truly are, like, all three of them are just very, like, pick-me attitude, energy. hmm And I feel like, I don't know, sometimes that kind of happens with three siblings. That, like, everybody is always kind of, like, competing for parental approval, honestly. It just, like, leaks into adulthood, I think. Because you spend, you know, your whole life that way. Mm-hmm. So. What would I know, though? We didn't grow up with a, in a three-sibling household. <laughs> I don't know. But, um... No, we did, though. To be clear, we did. <laughs> we did. Um, the, the mom... This actually made me laugh when she said, um... I don't have a picture for your wedding day, so here on your anniversary, I post a picture of Ellen and Portia. <laughs> oh, that was funny. That was funny. It caught me off guard. I like that. That was funny. <laughs> and when they were talking about it, she was like, what? Everybody was homophobic back then. 
yeah. like oh god it's funny because it's true <laughs> yeah um but going into the next episode um connor is really struggling with this whole divorce and finding out that his uh wife separated wife was cheating on him and all that stuff so he decides to throw a cousin sleepover because he wants um his daughter to know that he is not upset he wants little gretchen to know that everything is fine even though he is very upset and very not fine Mm -hmm. yeah he's trying very hard to seem like he's okay um Tom is also trying very hard to prove that he could be a fun uncle. Everyone's trying a little too hard in this episode, I think, because Sarah is also trying to prove to herself that she can still do her job. She's like a a guidance counselor at a school. She helps, you know, kids talk through like mental health problems and, you know, I'm sure other kinds of things as well. And she is really honing in on Gretchen and trying to see how she's handling the divorce. And it turns out, like I said, Connor is the one that's actually not handling the divorce well and needs the help. So, Yeah. I get that she was trying to do that, but it didn't seem like the time or the place. Agreed. That's what I'm, that's kind of what I'm talking about, how they're all a little, oh, all of my problems are what matter right now, not anybody else's. You know, it's all, pick me, pick me. Right. Like she was more trying to prove that she could do it more than actually trying to help. Right. Agreed. Everybody has their character flaws for sure, but I mean that's that's life too. Everybody has their flaws in life. But I really liked the cute little moment at the end between Connor and Gretchen when they agreed not to lie to each other anymore and mm-hmm. I thought that was really cute. I did too. I like that. Very wholesome. Next episode, episode 4. Um, we find out that the, the grandparents, Connor, Tom, and Sarah's mom and dad have been spending some time at Connor's house, but not time with the other children. So Sarah and Tom were kind of upset and wanted more time with the grandparents. But when they got it, they uh, regretted that decision. Yes, they definitely did. Um, that's, uh, Marshall and Muriel are their names. Um, and they keep uh, using this analogy of ice cream. You know, when you love ice cream, but if you ate ice cream every single day, you would start to hate ice cream. They use that analogy to describe their parents. And then they find out at the end of the episode that their parents feel the same exact way about spending time with them. Yeah. He's like, you know, when you have a cheeseburger. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. And that's just kind of the truth. You know, it's like it's one thing when you're growing up in a house together and, you know, you're young. But once everybody becomes an adult and kind of becomes their own person, it does get kind of hard to have everybody in the same room again. It's very relatable content. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm just saying. Um, But also another um, really quick character plug here we haven't talked about lupe at all yet and she's my fucking favorite character (laughs) (laughs) i was actually just gonna say we haven't talked about denise and marina that much and i love them 
oh, I love them too. The the side characters are the normals, as just we call as good, them, if not better. Yeah. Um, but next episode, uh, Tom decides he's gonna start helping out more around the house because, in typical fashion, his wife is, you know doing five million things and he is standing there complaining about how he can't write a chapter of his book uh which i understand is hard work but it's also uh, a nice little reality check when your uh your daughter is the one that has to tell you like yeah mom probably needs some help considering that you know she's doing laundry and feeding toddlers and you're sitting there doing nothing right um also in that episode, we had Kelvin, who is Sarah and Denise's son. He had to pick a relative to shadow a day at their job. And he picked Uncle Connor. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he could, probably would, you know. Right. The uncle with the big house and the all the stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... And he learned about whatever Connor does. Uh, but the best part was when Denise got involved, I think. I agree. And even when uh, when Lupe got the phone and she was like, oh, Denise is busy. Yeah. She's like, Denise just got him up to 35% or whatever she said. I don't remember, but I just remember laughing. It was so funny. It was funny. Was it Jerry? <laughs> yeah, it was It was Jerry. And um, at the end, Sarah got involved and she was mad. She was mad that Kelvin picked Connor anyway. Um, She kept telling him, it's not about money. Money's not the solution. It's the problem. Right. It's just funny. Yeah, I think everybody was a little salty that episode for sure. Yeah, Uncle Tom was last on the list. I mean, understandably so. What are you going to do? Go sit at home with him while he types? Yeah. What a boring shadow that would be. Yeah, I mean, out of anybody, I forget what Denise does. She a teacher? What she do? No. Wait, what does Denise do? We know what Denise does. Why can't I remember? I don't remember either. Um I think that was everything that episode. The next episode we uh, finally get to meet Emily. Connor hosts a birthday party for her. Just strange. Yes, this episode really played on uh, the relationship between Connor and Emily. Obviously, just being separated, probably not even officially divorced yet. Um, But they decide they're going to show Gretchen that they are co-parenting champions by having a birthday party. And Tom and Marina kind of get into it a little bit. We, we've we seen this happen in TV shows before where, you know, they swear that they have game and that they can flirt and pick up whoever they want. So they challenge each other to try to hold conversations with, you know, people uh, that they're, you know, interested in. And they both do a pretty shitty job. Yeah, it was funny. I really thought Marina was going to go in and kill it. And then she was like, oh, I thought I was leaking. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why would you say that? <laughs> I thought she was going to kill it, too. Oh, concerts? I love concerts. Last one I went to was um, The Wiggles. Yeah. And the one before that was The Wiggles, too. But, like, before that one, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> why would you say that? Just lie. Right. Say you saw Beyonce and call it a day. 
And uh, we had a third storyline going on. We had Sarah and Denise. Denise was trying to let Sarah know that she gives terrible gifts. Um, she pretty much gives gifts to people that she would want, not something that she would, that the person would like. So, Right. I liked the little move at the end where she stole Tom's gift. Me too. <laughs> Me too. I was laughing. And Emily already hates Tom. At the end when Lupe was like in the gym working out and putting all the shrimp away and I thought that little scene was funny too. Yeah, it was funny. I want to learn more about Lupe. I love Lupe. Oh, sorry. I guess we didn't say that, but Lupe is Connor's like live-in house House person, I guess. Yeah. Gets him ice cream. Yeah, she's there to like cook, clean... Just kind of, you know, be there. She must live there. I don't know. She's like, she's like uh, Berta on uh, Two and a Half Men. She's a live-in nanny, I guess. Yeah. Oh, she must live there. She's there all the time. Yeah, she definitely lives there. I wouldn't mind getting paid to live there. But that brings us to episode seven, last episode of the season. It's their parents' anniversary. And we learn that in the past, their parents' anniversary has never gone well because the siblings always get in arguments, make big, huge spectacles, kind of like they did at at the wedding in episode number two. And um, this year proves to uh, proves to be the same because Tom gets some good news about the book he's writing that. Um, a publisher or an agent rather wants to read it and likes it wants to read a couple chapters and wants to schedule a call so he's emailing her back and accidentally sends the email to connor yeesh connor boarded or i think sarah took connor's phone and sent it to everybody in the family so everybody knows tom's book yep and now everybody knows the book is about them that uh strained some relationships it did we had marina and denise on the rocks for a while there i was stressed i know i was i was upset yeah but marshall and muriel loved it not surprising for some reason i know they favor connor but it seems like any one of their children that accomplishes anything they're like oh yay i love it yeah definitely um Sarah and Connor took it the hardest. Yeah, they're not happy with the way they were portrayed. Which sounds valid, but also, like, he's writing a true story, so, like, maybe you just don't like yourself. I, he used, like, real-life examples. Yeah, that's... <laughs> he was like, you make me seem like I'm a big dummy. <laughs> I never yell at anybody. Why am I always yelling? Why You have me yelling at everybody. <laughs> Why? And Like, you're always yelling at everybody. <laughs> yeah, but I also, uh, yeah. I kind of liked that moment at the end when the agent was like, yeah, I really like the book. We just got to change a few things. Like, I hate Sarah's character. She's annoying and I want to make Connor a villain and he's just a big dummy and all these things. And Tom was like, no, this is my family and I love them the way that they are and that's how they're going to be. And these people mean a lot to yeah, me. Yeah, I like that too. That's cute. Wholesome. Got me in my feels. Me too. Me too. And then he hangs up on her. Yeah. Like a badass. 
Yeah, but she called and him back. And he said, okay, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as you said, then he calls her back. And, uh, no, sorry. She calls him back. And she's interested. She wants to keep working on the book. Which is good news for us. That means a season two. Yeah. So. I, I actually looked it up. There is a season two. Nice. And I guess it went over well because season two has 22 episodes. Wow, much longer book, huh? Yeah, so I guess this was kind of just like a little test. It's a nice seven episodes. and Right, see how it was received. Yeah. And there you have it. That's a nice little, nice little bookend of season one. Bookend. Nice. Yeah, you see what I did there? Mm-hmm. Well... You know what time it is. For the ultimate test. The sitcom construction game. I don't know. Is it a game? It has its own intro song, so it's a game now. All right. So everybody should know the drill by now. This is the sixth time we're doing this, but we're going to test to see if home economics follows the typical sitcom construction. So first up, is there a hopeless romantic looking for love? I feel like that is Connor, the newly divorced guy, you know? I could say I agree. This is different than other sitcoms in the sense that usually they're like early 20s mm-hmm. whereas this one is they're already married and kind of established um so it's both like Tom and Sarah have already found love right and also like their siblings too which i think kind of throws a wrench like they're usually friends or co-workers or something like that so that kind of makes some of these a little iffy but I think Connor being newly divorced I think that leaves a wide open love storyline for him even though you know he was focusing on reconnecting with his family first season I think we'll see more of that maybe in the future yeah I agree hot female lead we got lots of options here we do um, I mean, I'm thinking Marina. Like that Laurel? That Laurel energy? Stop. <laughs> I love Laurel. I know. It was so cool to see your place. Like, it's such a different character. Definitely. It's just the... She kept, uh, like, when she was sitting there drinking the wine, I'm like, why aren't you watching Kristoff? What are you doing? Kristoff. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. She starts speaking Spanish, and I'm like, yeah, she's the hot female lead. Mm-hmm. Even though she's not the lead, really. But well, she is, she she can. They're be. all leads. Yeah, yeah. Um, wifey material lead. That's the tough one. I'm thinking Denise. Denise. Poor Sarah. <laughs> Denise is such wifey material. Sarah is so much. Like, and I know they do that to her character to like make her extra because like a lot of her. Everything surrounding her is like funny, you know. Yeah, but it it does it does hinder 
her from being the wifey material lead, in my opinion. Yep. Not that she's not marriageable. Her and Denise are super cute, but... Yeah. I liked when they were watching the... uh, What was it? The wedding dress show or whatever? Or Married at First Sight or... I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. That was funny. That was a cute little wholesome family moment. Yeah, and they all watched together. It's cute. Um, Definitely. Friend with absurd and weird ideas. I do think that that is Sarah. While her ideas, I feel like, aren't super absurd. Because a lot of her ideas, I agree with. (laughs) You know? She's... um, obviously like very feminist and things like that but I think they try to magnify it for like the comedy aspect so I think she in this show is supposed to be the friend with the weird absurd ideas Mm -hmm. would you agree yeah that makes sense I don't think any of the other characters could fit into that except maybe Connor but his things are just absurd because he has a bunch of money and can do anything he wants right i was gonna say that's the only other thing that's really absurd is like the dumb things he does with his money but i think the only person they paint as like so extra is sarah Mm -hmm. and then we got our wholesome and cute softy and we know that's tom tom yeah wholesome definitely I was going to say the cute, cute is fine. <laughs> softy? I don't know. He's but definitely, he is definitely a softy. He's the he's the dad and, you know, with his stupid dad jokes. Mhm. So, yeah, I think this fits. I think this really fits the mold. There's five characters that I consider main characters and they're all there. Yeah. We just we just need one for uh Lupe, that's all. Seriously. She's the wifey material lead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's arguable. Oh, man. So, I would say this one definitely fits the mold, Kens. We got got another match here. We do. Let's um, talk scorecard. Let's do it. Jump right in. Visual appeal. I was pleased to not have another New York City backdrop. Um, It seems like most of the episodes took place at Connor's house, which makes sense um, because it was a bigger, better looking set than the other houses. Uh, We did see the other houses, though, and they all looked how they should look based on what they were trying to portray. Um, But yeah, I think everything looked good. Connor's house is ridiculous. I wonder if like that's real or if that's like a set. Oh, I would say it's probably a set. Um, yeah. But I do agree. I think it's great how they use the visuals in that way to create that contrast. You know, like when they opened that one episode of them having like family breakfast once a week at everybody's house. And we got to see them all trying to hang out in Sarah's apartment and how tiny it was. And they kept bumping into things. And, you know, when we saw Tom... Uh, do that one whole day when he was doing chores and cleaning up and it looked like you know a middle-income house so I think everything you know looks the way it should look and 
you know, they dress the way that I think, you know, people in their economic class would dress or could afford to dress, you know? Yeah. And they gift the same way too, you know? Because, like, I know the whole episode was about how bad Sarah is at giving gifts, but also think about the fact that, like, they don't really have the money, so, like, it makes sense that it was, like, a thrift store hand-me-down book, book, you know? It's, like, one of those things you have to think about, too, is, like, sometimes, even if you want to give a nice gift, sometimes you just can't. Yeah. So, it all made sense. True to genre, I think this is a good sitcom. I think, for me, I've had trouble with, like, modern day sitcoms, because to me, like, the 90s sitcoms were it like when i think of a sitcom it's the 90s people try to do it now and it's just not the same um but i think this was a good modern sitcom i agree i really think that it was i mean it was definitely a sitcom right there was the situational there was the comedy and i really enjoyed also the family aspect like it really gave me the full house vibes like I know we kind of talked about that a couple episodes ago where like the family gets together and there's some kind of problem but at the end everybody solves the problem but you also like learn something and have this cute little wholesome moment we keep saying wholesome but um I really think that it was it was refreshing to see in such a modern uh, sitcom Mm mm-hmm yeah, it wasn't like quite as corny as Full House. Right. Because Full House can be really corny. Um, cause it still had like actual comedy. There's not too much comedy in Full House, I feel like. Um, but what I also liked about this is we talked about before how they do have like the little plot in each episode, like there's separate plots for the characters. But then there's also that long plot of Tom's book and then mm-hmm. them finding out about the book and Mm-hmm. And even Connor going through the divorce and, you know, there's things that go into multiple episodes while also still having those little tiny subplots. Yep. I agree. I think it, it definitely yep. fits the mold, as we found out in our sitcom construction game. <laughs> mm-hmm. What about likable characters? We've talked about how this is the key, so what are you thinking? I think... I'm curious who your favorite character is before we discuss this. Besides Lupe? Yes. Out of the f- the main five. Actually, let me narr- let me go... Which one's your favorite sibling? I think Connor's my fav- favorite sibling. I think he's mine, too. I don't know why. He gives me Joey vibes. Maybe that's why. Like... Tom and Connor's relationship gives me Chandler Joey vibes. Okay. I see that. I don't know. I like Connor a lot. I think he's I mean some of the like some of the stuff that he says is ridiculous and like some of the stuff Joey would say is like come on, you can't be that dumb. Right. It's just for TV, but um he's a good person, I feel like. I don't know, he's funny and Yeah, I don't know what it is about him. It's like, I almost like, when I found out that like he was the rich one, I almost like wanted to hate him, you know, whole eat the rich thing, whatever. But it's like, he's just so, 
in this respect, I'm sitting here thinking that maybe he's the wholesome and cute softy. He's just, he's just kind of vibing. He's like the baby sibling. Mm-hmm. He's got that baby sibling aroma about him. Aroma? Oh. Aroma, yeah. Do I have that baby sibling aroma? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why you never got in trouble as a kid. Is that what the aroma is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's parent repellent. They just walk nice. in a room and they're like, wait a minute. It smells like Courtney did it. I mean, nine times out of ten, Courtney did do it. Oh, stop it. We're not getting into this. This is not a sibling <laughs> match. This is not a sibling fighting podcast. Could be. It could. It could. Maybe this is the fire this podcast needs to really take yeah, off. Yeah, we, we agree too much. We have to start arguing. There we go. <laughs> But, but, anyway, um, yeah, I would say Connor, and you agree, right? Yeah, Connor's my favorite. For including the siblings, I like Marina. I do as well. I think she's like, they make her character like a little lackadaisical, but like, it's just enough where like she's the funny character but it's not too much where you're like oh you're just irresponsible you know what i mean like it's just enough yeah that you're like oh i like her exactly yeah that's kind of what i was thinking um but yeah i don't know i enjoy her she's like she's just like a funny sidekick almost Mm -hmm. so how does that translate to likable characters i mean it seems that we, I don't want to speak for you, but it seems like we, we both like all of the characters, at least the main ones. Mm-hmm. And I do, like we mentioned already, they have depth, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I think this show, personally, it's easy, it's easy to relate, right? Because like, you watch a show like Friends from College, if you didn't go to college, you don't really understand that bond that friends from college have. You know what I mean? On the same token, if you know you don't have siblings, then you don't uh, necessarily understand the same way. But luckily for us, we do. So, and we are a three sibling household, and you know, we're not quite as far along in life as they are, but we're almost there. So, it's a very relatable show for us. I think it made the characters easier to relate to which I think does translate into likeness and like I said that depth really helps too yep yeah I completely agree acting I think per usual the acting was solid yeah nothing there's never going to be like I don't want to say never but there's not typically like big dramatic monologues or anything crazy scenes in In sitcom sitcom. so it's hard to get that annalise keating pillow hit in five absolutely that's that's the that unfortunately is the goal for a five that's how you got to get there honestly that's like a five and a half yeah honestly (laughs) i'd be doing (laughs) 5.5 nothing can be as good as that that's the top of the top um but it was solid there wasn't 
I didn't notice any bad acting. I mean, even the kids, I thought they were all good. Agreed. I think the kids were great. And um, as always, acting flows right into character chemistry. I really enjoyed um, a lot of the chemistry, particularly between some of the side characters, like Marina and Denise. The normals. Love them. Yeah, I love them. They. It reminds me of... Um, I know you don't watch This Is Us, but like that show's about three siblings and each of their significant others, they have like a little group. And the, honestly, like the significant others are one of the best parts of the show because they just talk about the siblings and right. they're the only ones that can relate to trying to interact with the siblings. Um, and it reminds me of that relationship and it's it's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like what that relationship brings to the table. I think in that sense, it gives the whole the show as a whole more depth, you know, like if we were just watching a bunch of siblings argue and whatever, it wouldn't be as as fun. But you have those two to kind of offset. Yep, And I think the three siblings portray a good sibling relationship like it's believable. Mm -hmm. And even when the parents are involved, you can almost like feel like I said, how everything escalates escalates sorry escalates the minute that they walk in and you know i think the chemistry was solid interesting slash bingeability definitely bingeable as we've said and i would also say interesting i mean i didn't find myself desperate to watch the next episode but i found myself wanting to watch the next episode I agree. That's probably because there's no, like, cliffhangers. Right. Like you said, it's very much you get a problem in the episode and you get the solution by the end of the episode, um, mm -hmm. which is the case for most sitcoms, so it's not a big deal, but it doesn't make you be on the edge of your seat to watch the next one. Right, which is actually... Still want to watch the next one, but... Right, which is actually kind of nice, because sometimes... You only have time to watch one episode before you got to go to work or before you got to go here or there. And sometimes it's nice to be able to, oh, let me throw this on while I get ready real quick. And I felt like I got a full close and not like, oh, damn, now I want to watch what's next and not go to work. You know, there's shows that are like, like the wilds is hard to watch the circle. It's impossible to watch just one episode of <laughs> really. <laughs> Yeah, they just always leave it on a cliffhanger. You're like, I have to see what happens. Yeah, I can feel that. And I, I've I've had that happen with a couple shows. That happened with me with Stranger Things, too. I know you don't watch that, but oh, man. When I tell you I binge-watched the th first three seasons, I binge-watched. Like, it was like Isn't an all-day scary, affair. though? It was a little scary. I'm not going to lie. I don't like scary. I know. I normally don't either, but I am literally obsessed. Like Cameron and I have a countdown for season four, which is this week, by the way. Any Stranger Things fans, it's coming up, so be ready. They're uh, two separate releases, but first, the last season, couple episodes, and then the next couple episodes. I don't think they said if it's a last episode or not, but I would think just because of how old the kids are getting, but what the hell do I know? Anyway. Yeah, back to it. Um, I think the show was, like we said, bingeable, interesting. interesting. 
Emotional appeal. We did talk about the the scene at the end where Tom says, No, I love my siblings the way they are. That got me in my feels. I agree. And I do think that this show, um, in particular, was the only one that like really impressed me in this category. If that makes sense. Like I agree. They're the other sitcoms I feel like I was grading them and you know, there's all kinds of emotions, like happy is an emotion and you know, humor is humor isn't an emotion, but you know what I mean? Like just like being happy and in the moment. So like a sitcom I was giving, oh yeah, it felt like a nice little sitcom, give it a decent score. But this one, like, I actually did find myself feeling like emotional during some scenes, like wholesome. Like we've said a million times already. It was really nice. I wonder what Courtney's word's going to be to describe the show. <laughs> it's not wholesome. Okay. I'm saying wholesome over and over again on perfect on purpose so that I don't say the word that I chose. I feel I like looked we... up a synonym for the word that I chose. <laughs> okay. And it's wholesome. All right. What did you think? Yeah, I agree. Um... I don't know. I don't have much to add in that respect. I We talked about that one scene like three times already. Um, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I don't have anything to add to the conversation. No original thoughts? No. Well, speaking of originality. Is that your segue into originality? <laughs> <laughs> did you like that setup? Yeah, I did. Um this is the one category where I'm like, meh. There's a lot of shows about families. Um, I think the one thing that is different is showing each of them in the different economic class. And how that is puts a strain on their relationships. Mm-hmm. I see that. Um, but overall, it's it wasn't in New York, so I appreciate that for sure. Um, but again, another show about a family. Yeah, I do, um, I agree with everything you said, but I will add that touch of modernness. It's nice to see a more modern sitcom that gives off what what we consider true sitcom vibes, you know? Like we said, the last, uh, or the first couple that we watched, we felt, we thought felt very flat, you know, it was either very plot heavy or very humor heavy and none of the two. So it was refreshing to see this one. It felt new in that respect and exciting in that respect. That's, I mean, it felt exciting after some of the other sitcoms we watched. <laughs> Definitely. And maybe... I mean, everything maybe after The Office just was heightened. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe it wouldn't have felt as exciting if it were first in the lineup or something, but I think it had a lucky spot here at number six. <laughs> yeah, it was a good one to end with, I feel. I agree. I think it it felt nice. Um, it was very wholesome. <laughs> very wholesome. In case we haven't said that before. <laughs> very wholesome. I'm glad we hit that office slump right in the middle, and then we kind of picked it up towards the end. But overall... What are you thinking, Ken's? Is this the time for our word? 
This is the time, one word to describe home economics overall. I thought of a word ahead of time. Hopefully we don't have the same word. I'm proud of you, though. I hope it's not wholesome. It's not wholesome. It is a word that we have said, though. Um, My word is relatable. Relatable is a good one. Very good one. I went with heartwarming. Aww. It was it was a feel good show. It felt nice. Mhm. So felt like it could have like been on on Disney Plus or something. Like it was a feel good family well, show. It's an ABC show. Oh well, there you go. So it's a makes sense. It's a Disney owned partner company. I should get a discount. <laughs> well, there you have it, friends. We have watched all six of our sitcoms for this season's Binger Games. But the fun doesn't stop there. Our scores are locked in. Now it's time for all of you to do your part and vote for your favorite. Please keep an eye out on social media this week. We'll be posting polls on Twitter and Instagram for all of you to help us choose a winner for the Spring Games. Whichever show receives the most votes will get five bonus points added to their final score. The show with the second most votes will receive four bonus points and so on. With show number six receiving zero. Yeesh. I know. We have seen the audience bonus change the results in the past, Ken. So let's see if our listeners can do it again. We'll also have a a few other fun polls popping up on our socials this week so all of you can help us choose the winners of our other awards and superlatives. Sounds like the HBIC social media is the place to be this week. It really is. So uh, make sure you're following us. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at HeadBingersPod. We are super excited for our grand finale episode next week, so we hope you all tune in for that. In the meantime, keep on binging.